Hey, it's Eric. Uh, and before we kick into the latest episode of the Incredible Hulk podcast, I want to say a big, huge shout out to not only Jason Lay for setting this up, but for Riverside Lounge for hosting us uh, in episode one of the fall of the Incredible Hulk podcast. If you have not been out here on Northland Drive, you should definitely check this place out because it's super amazing. And I'm drinking some amazing beers that uh, Jason has set up for us. So uh, go check out Riverside Lounge. And without further ado, it is episode, who the hell knows what number it is. I think it's 13, but it doesn't matter. It's the Incredible Hulk podcast. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Halt. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. All right, we are super excited to be back. It is the Incredible Home Podcast. Um, and kicking off the fall season in 2017, I decided to bring back a guest from two years ago. Wow. Right? It's been two years since you've been on this thing. Um, and your lovely bride, Catherine. So Jason Catherine Lay are joining us. And, and I said last night in Facebook Live that one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys is because you seem to have figured out this really interesting dance between two people's vision of what their lives want to be mm-hmm. while still being connected. And, you know, um, we'll go back here in a second and kind of get to like, how did we even get here? But I wanted to start with you, Catherine, because you are kind of the most recent inductee into the fuck it. I'm out of here. Sort of mentality. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's it. So, she's killing it. Right. Well, I, you know, and, and I, I think it takes it, it takes some um, some fortitude to do that, right? Because you, you left a teasing, teaching job, right? Not yet. No, Not yet? we are <laughs> no still still doing that. Yeah, um, but, the idea, but it's yeah, yeah. But the idea is um, the idea is to eventually become my own boss, um, so that I can do what I love every day and also have the freedom to to travel which is what I love to do so um I'm still teaching and I'm going to be at it for this next year but in the near future that will change for me I'm confident and because you recently took a huge trip out west right yes and so before we get to that I want to kind of back you two up a little Mm -hmm. bit how did you guys meet and how did how did this even happen because because if people haven't met you right and obviously yeah, they might be meeting absolutely. you for the first time yeah. like this I'm telling you visually makes zero sense right right, like right. The, how this comes together doesn't really yeah. make a whole lot of sense and so like how did you yeah. guys meet and what happened he tells us so lovely I'll I'm, let you do I'm that I'm sure honey. he does yeah and then then I might lead up to yeah. uh, to something I said that I'm sh- I know I said I don't remember it but I think it probably stuck with you mm-hmm. um deeper than me remembering saying it but Mm. uh so i was this was 2008 i was living in downtown royal oak working in downtown detroit uh under the umbrella of the detroit free press i had launched an entertainment website called metromix.com and uh, a cubicle mate friend of mine um was having his oh my gosh 30th 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 birthday party so i uh i corroborated with uh his family and his brand new girlfriend who he had just met on match.com to throw this guy a surprise party (laughs) (laughs) and so i throw him the party but i reach out to this girl and uh, i say hey um you're not going to know anyone at this party 
you need to be here. If it's intimidating at all, bring a friend. And like verbatim, I said, if she is single, if she's educated, doesn't have any baggage, and if she's cute, awesome, all the better. (laughs) She brought Catherine. And what was even crazier is that night, uh, the first night I met Catherine, we probably only spent five minutes together. Uh, those two friends ended up getting into a fight and ruined our chances of hanging out <laughs> later that night. And we had known, we had gone into this party knowing that we were kind of going to be set up. So before that night even happened, um, that girlfriend had bought my buddy concert tickets to go see Gym Class Heroes in Ohio. Uh, bought him two tickets and uh, Catherine and I were going to be each of their plus ones. So Catherine had already committed to going to this concert in Ohio and to stay the night in a hotel room with these two friends and me uh, with a guy she had never even met yet. So um, we go to this uh, we go to this concert in Ohio a week later, and I mean I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, my buddy and I were hanging out in the hotel room suite. Um, we had <laughs> so it's Ohio, and Ohio just does things differently. So <laughs> that is the understatement of the year. But yes, yes, we they couldn't do. we couldn't find a liquor store to save our lives, um, but we called Pizza Hut, ordered pizza. And I bribed the pizza delivery man to stop on the way and get us a case of beer and a fifth of rum. And he did. Uh, Tipped the hell out of him. And then, so Nick and I are drinking rum and Cokes and beers and eating pizza while Catherine and her girlfriend were getting ready in in the bathroom. And... uh, I know it doesn't sound that super romantic, but like in that moment, like she peeked her head out from the bathroom and she was just so adorable. She had this smile that just like melted through me and I knew right then and there uh, a week and five minutes after I met her that I had to marry her, that it it wasn't even an option. This girl was just way too sweet um, to not to not make the rest of my life. So um, I proposed eight months later, but I guess during that courtship, I told you something. I was sitting in my bedroom in Royal Oak. We were on the phone, and I told you what I thought about having kids. Do you remember that? About having kids. Well, you were very... he (laughs) (laughs) He was very adamant about not having children yeah. and claimed he would never get married. <laughs> so I had some things to figure out right away. <laughs> Did I want to stay with this guy because uh, possibly no kids in the future and didn't want to get possibly married? Possibly no po- yeah. Yeah, long-term <laughs> marriage. Right. And look where we are today. We are married seven years, but actually have decided to not have kids. So yeah. um, that... You were you were kind of right on there. <laughs> so, what was that process yeah. like? How did you come to be with his view on that? Right, because yeah. that's a much bigger decision for you than it is for right? a- absolutely it's easy for, him to go, no for kids, sure. Right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, my whole life I've never really had that that really intense um, 
desire to be a mother. I mean, I, I enjoy kids. I have fun with kids. I'm a teacher. Um, but it's never been an overarching, like, uh, pushing feeling. And so when he told me he, he's most likely not going to have children in his future, it didn't really bother me because I was not even really there myself and I didn't know if I ever would be. So we got married and which I also the, said I would never do and right we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 get, we'll yeah. get to that yeah then, yeah Kim, we'll get to that hang on so um <laughs> you know right after we were married our families our friends were so great about not pressuring us to tell them if that's what we were going to yeah, do I mean yeah we've had no pressure along the way and everybody told us we will love you and obviously still be a part of your life just like we are now if you don't want to have kids we won't disown you or anything um so we we um reflected over having kids or not for the first five six years of marriage we went to europe for our five-year anniversary and and we had kind of put this um unnecessary but but kind of necessary we thought um deadline on having to make that decision i'm five years older than she is and you know it's weird like when when we first met and even before that like i was just i was certain i would never want to have kids but there was this weird there was this weird window in our marriage where i i kind of did or i thought i did you know i would catch catch my brother with my nephew or a really good friend raise um, their kids. And, you know, I could see myself in those moments, like teaching my son or daughter how to walk or, um, ride a bike or play the drums or, you know, taking them to their first concert. And for, for a really short window, I wanted that. And then it just kind of went away on its own. I didn't really force it out, but, but yeah, we spent Mm -hmm. five really serious years um, having that conversation, it was never uncomfortable. Um, we always felt very um, uh, comfortable speaking freely with each other about that. And we just kind of said, like, okay, if one of us feels like they're ready to tip the scale in the direction, the certain direction of yes or no, then we were just we were going to go and support that person in that decision, whether it was let's have kids or let's not. And, uh, yeah. And, and we, just to make sure we had our heads on straight, we actually went and talked to a counselor for just one session and just, you know, he, um, he told us, first of all, don't put a, a time limit on it. Don't put a deadline on this. Cause this is hugely important. And at the end of the session, he said, you know, I think you guys kind already. of already know your yeah, answer. Right. And we did, and the answer was was no. So in um, 2016, early 2016, I completed a triathlon, and we we did kind of put a deadline on my triathlon that by the end of this, we're going to decide if we want to have kids. Yeah, or not. And we extended um, that deadline to the triathlon because our original right. <laughs> deadline was we wanted to, um, if we were going to have kids, um, we were going to procreate in Italy during our five-year anniversary, right? Super romantic. Right, absolutely. Storybook. (laughs) So we get, (laughs) we went to Europe for like 16 days and uh, we get home and I was like, holy shit, 
um, we didn't talk about having kids once. And in 16 days in Europe, I think we only had sex <laughs> twice. <laughs> it's not a good batting yeah, average. Yeah, no, no. Not a really good. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> not, a, not a solid batting average at all. We were, but we were hauling ass through Europe. Yeah. And I mean, well, yeah. we barely had time to sleep, much less get it on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we get back from Europe. And then we were like, okay, let's extend this deadline. And she had this triathlon coming up. Yeah. And a triathlon has just kind of always been a bucket list item. And it, you know, during my training, he's like, why don't you just take some time to kind of do some soul searching while you're doing your thing? And, um, cause you had to so be really a, focused. Yeah. 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 Yep. So we put a deadline on the triathlon. And after that, the answer was just still no. We just, that was it. Yeah, it was a very um, calm decision. Yeah. We were very at peace with it, and yep. we we locked it in. And uh, then I got snipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very honest, this yeah, guy. Why yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's what <laughs> that's we're here to what do. Happened. That's yeah. what happened. That's what happened. So um, that sort of catches us up to speed, right? But um, I went back and I listened to when Jason was on in 2015, oh, yeah. and Crazy. you know, and it was. To be honest with you, it was sort of dark. It was, um, you know, it, it, it You're he, right. You know, he he was kind of very. Um, he was probably much closer to eighteen year old Jason Lay than he was to forty yeah. year old Jason Lay because he, yeah. you know, um, yeah. and he had talked about starting meditation and he was getting into all of that stuff and um, and here we are two years later and both of you are in a very different spot, yeah. right? Like yes. he has clearly gone. Wow all in and I don't know if you're still yeah. meditating yeah. How, however yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say like over the last 24 months you have started a television show been nominated for an Emmy won three awards become yeah. the CEO of an <laughs> organization that didn't exist 12 years ago yeah. and you know one of the things that you guys I was listening to it and I thought those guys, he straight up looked at me and lied, right? Like you, you, you spent like five minutes talking about how much you love this house and how well she decorates and can't wait. To, and then like eight minutes later, you sell it and move into an attic because you guys are like, yes. we're leaving the country. And, yeah. um, yeah. and that was one of the reasons why when I got back into this, I at least wanted to get you guys on at some point because I'm so mesmerized at your ability as a couple to interlock when it's important and then disconnect when it's needed right like you come mm-hmm. together and go we're selling all of our stuff and we're going to move mm-hmm. into an attic and we're going to save up all of our money and then we're going to peace out whatever yeah. that looks like wherever that is mm-hmm. because we feel strongly that experiential lifestyles is is what we want to be about and the only way right. to do that is to double down on that stuff and yep. get rid of the baseball cards and get rid of the beanie babies <laughs> and get rid right like yeah. um yeah. And do that. However, you know, it's again, it's easy for you to say, Jason, like, I'm going to sell all my stuff and move into my grandmother's attic. Right. It's much yeah. different to go, hey, hey, you over there. Like, I know we already went through this thing where we're not doing kids, but now we're not doing houses. So are you <laughs> yeah. like, how do you feel about apartment attics? Because that's really what I'm yeah. I'm feeling. So what? What was that like? Like, yeah. get me into this relationship where you guys are like, yeah, we should sell all of our stuff and move into a grandmother's attic and, yeah. and tough it out for two years, straight up, like, hardcore Dave Ramsey style, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it was, all, um, it was you. I, yeah, actually, it was you. surprisingly, it was me. Um, so, yeah, we went to Europe in 2015. That was our first big. And that's your foreign, five year anniversary. Five year right? anniversary, okay. correct. Yep. That was our first real immersive experience in in a different culture and overseas very far from home and when we got home from that it was a two-week journey um 
when we got home from that, I realized that the travel bug bit me hard. Um, and it bit him hard as well. Um, I've always had this, this internal thing of, I've always wanted to travel. In college, I had posters um, and trinkets of Paris <laughs> hanging all over my college dorm room. Still, and it's just, I think you brought one of those posters yeah, out of your dorm room so. in your house so when I was first right. dating you. <laughs> so it's always kind of, I think, been in me to do something like this, to, like, to make it um, almost a full-time gig. Um, and so we went to Europe, got home, um, and something hit me it hit the both of us and then I read a book that he received for Christmas actually I think um, maybe the Christmas before our trip called Vagabonding by Rolf Potts and when I Ferris's favorite book yes that's that's why I put it on my Amazon (laughs) wish list yeah thanks Tim Um, so I read that book once we got back from Europe and and that book just added another layer of I, I have to travel. This is inside of me. I meant to do this. And so after reading the book, I really seriously sat down with, with Jay and said, what do you think about selling our home, most of our possessions, downsizing, saving our money for two years, quitting our jobs after that, and to go to travel the world? Because the plan, like, at least the way he tells yeah. it, the plan is like for a decade, right? Yeah, or something I mean, crazy we were like going to go travel full time. If not longer. If not forever. Yeah. Right. Um, and so um, since then, since we've sold our home, um, he he has found his passion career, his job. His job's not even yeah, if it's really his job. job, he goes into working with his passions every day. And so, you know, we've decided we're going to stay put for a while and travel when we want to, when we can, we're going to still make this a part of our lives. And, um, and with, with your new job, it will provide the opportunities in the future to travel possibly yeah, as well. If I, if I do Big my time. job, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the difference from when we, we last spoke you know she was just like before we came out um she's like how long ago was it when did you when were you on eric's podcast last and i'm like i busted my ass the day of that podcast to turn my website on like that was the first day i turned it on and i had i didn't have everything built out i had no you had one blog post yeah Yeah. like like it was just like i i I just wanted it out there, right? Because I wanted to drop that domain on the podcast. Um, and it's still there. Um, but yes, there was so much, um, there was a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of drive two years ago. Um, but I hadn't like locked into that passion yet. And I was, I was like abandoning everything to go after it. And I thought that if I just, got on board with this idea of like selling everything downsizing and just going away i would create that i would carve that own path my own path and we'd figure it out but then my current gig just i mean it it fell from heaven landed in my lap and now i I don't want to leave it like i can't Sure, but but and this is kind of where I wanted to lead you, right? Is yeah. like y- you did manifest it, 
right? You sold all of the stuff. You moved into an attic, which put you in a space for this stuff to happen, right? This, mm-hmm. this is the thing that I, I think a lot of people miss when they wake up or they listen to a Gary Vaynerchuk podcast mm. and they go, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell a thing," and right. they've never yeah. sold a thing in their right. life, so they're gonna get a business card that says, you know president of selling things when they've never sold anything and then they're out of business an hour later right um is that you got to put yourself in this mindset and again this is kind of why i wanted to talk to you guys because you got to put yourself in this servant mindset Mm -hmm. in order for these things to happen to you you have to put something else in front of you Mm -hmm. in order for good things to happen because it's when you point inward all the time that you live a miserable existence and you're wondering why everybody else gets the thing that you wanted and i did that I know you did because yeah. you were here two years ago, and that's who you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was woe was me. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say no. that, but it's certainly, you were a different dude. I was listening to it today, and I was oh. shocked at how different you were yeah. in 24 months. Well, I, you know, I couldn't go back and listen to it right yeah. now. You shouldn't and, go back. No, and I, yeah. <laughs> everyone listening to this, everyone huh. listening to this should, but you should not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think um, it, when we got back from Europe in 2015 he was in that place and I was in a place I wasn't you know we had this beautiful home but something was missing I think for the both of us and and even though we had this gorgeous home and we could afford it um I think we quickly realized that we didn't wow, need this it. is we don't need this and this is not making us happy to our our full um, extent so we need to do something about this um, it was great outward you know um, having the house hosting the parties uh, having our family and friends over uh, all of that was amazing and I like I'll be honest like I miss having a deck I miss having my grill on the deck where I could go out throw some steaks on drink a couple beers and just spend three hours preparing a meal and then enjoying a meal we're a little cozy now um, <laughs> where we're at now to do that. Um, but at it, it, the house wasn't getting us to where we wanted to be. Sure. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she, she had been doing a lot of like deep dive research into like, okay, if we're going, if we're going to pursue this travel thing, how do we do it without striking it rich without, winning the lottery or inventing the next Facebook and through everything I think you were looking into like the like, like the most obvious thing was we have to sell our house mm-hmm. sure that's how we can bankroll what we have to travel on and I think that sparked it so mm-hmm. Catherine you yeah. get off the plane in 2015 and you show back up in Grand Rapids or mm-hmm. I assume since it's in Grand Rapids you had to eight, take 88 transfers to get right. back here to <laughs> get up. Um, yeah. but like from the moment you land, do you feel off, or is it like a couple days and you're like, I want to be somewhere else again? Like, what what was it that made you pick up the book and go, Oh, okay, that thing I'm feeling mm-hmm. is true, and this book is enhancing that thing. Mm-hmm. I probably should have a conversation. Yeah, you know, it really was. It wasn't right from when I walked off the plane, but when I got back into just life, um, doing the same things I usually do every day, seeing the same sights every day, going to the same job I've been at for now going on my 12th year. Um, I just, I needed more. I needed more variety. And based on what we experienced in Europe, we live in such a tiny little bubble here. And this is, 
this is not even this doesn't even come close and granted i love grand rapids but it yeah, doesn't even come close to yeah not a knock on gr this place does, does not even come close to what other places around the world can offer and i needed that and i wanted that so it was kind of getting back to those mundane activities that really made me start to think they're they're there has to be more to life than this. Sure. Um, you know what was weird for me is, um, and I, this probably happens to everyone, it's, it's amazing how quickly that, that vacation vibe wears off as soon as you like land in the airport and you're waiting for your bags mm-hmm. and then everybody, you know, the lights on the plane go on and then you turn your phone on and then you're like, shit, I have two weeks of emails to catch up on. I the last place I want to be right now is back in the office, back in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just I, I did not want to let that feeling of the rest of the world go. I really didn't. Mm-mm. I wanted to get yeah. back to it immediately. Yeah, we both did, and that's why we we made the the leap, the leap of faith. So you make this leap, right? And, then, mm-hmm. and the last time you and I spoke was right before this, this other thing right. was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, of course, why I'm a little off of my time frame, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you guys sell the house, and then you're like, okay, you had your fun, <laughs> and you figured out your thing, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. my turn now, <laughs> yeah. right? Basically. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, for sure. You know, and so yeah. you, not to jump ahead in this story, right? But no, you, you went out west, but how yeah. did you decide that that was what you were going to do? Yeah. Because to me... In 2017, a female traveling by themselves, it really doesn't matter if you're going to go to Iraq or Europe or Wyoming. <laughs> it nev- none of it really sounds like a really wise endeavor. So, like, sure. how did you decide where you were going to go? And, like, let's walk through that trip. Yeah, yeah. So, um, once we moved into our apartment, which was in October of just last year, yeah. so we haven't even been there a year. Um, and for some once, context, if you're a Happy Days fan, they're essentially living in Fonz's upper garage <laughs> area is like yes, what you're living in. We live in a tiny <laughs> one bedroom apartment above my dear yeah, grandmother's home. Downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally Happy Days. You're yeah. Fonz in the garage waiting yeah, for Richie you know to come I home. Today? I was just like, going to say. Like, I, I'm, I'm not shitting you. Today, <laughs> I, I come downstairs. So we have a separate entrance. Yeah. Okay. So we live above. Catherine's grandmother's house, right? This house that she's been in for nearly seven years and raised all of her kids in. Um, 70. 70, I'm 70. sure. Yeah. Like seven. Did seven. I say seven? Because yes. she must own some sort of time machine to grow yeah. kids in seven <laughs> yeah. years. She's really smart. So yeah, she's been in this place. She's for a percentage of Tesla and has created a time machine that can grow kids in seven years. Back in time. She's a great person to know. Uh, so I, I come downstairs uh, this morning to grab something out of my car and she, she can hear me come outside and she runs out of her out of her house and she's like she screams at me Jay <laughs> and I freak out because she had it she had a fall a uh, couple months ago so you know I'm perpetually on edge you know um, just wanting to make sure she's sure. safe yeah, so yeah. she screams my name she's like can you come here and I'm I, I book it across the yard and I'm like what and she's like there's a bat in my bedroom so today before <laughs> I did anything else I caught a bat so yep. that's that's the glamorous we, life of living above your grandmother. We are my grandma, yeah. my dear 86-year-old grandma. Um, but anyway. So let me change the analogy yes. then. You're, you're <laughs> yes. half the Fonz in the garage and half Mr. Furley from Three's Company coming over to show the back, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Like, okay, all right. Yeah, I did like Mr. Furley better than Mr. Roper. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
<laughs> all right. So, and I think I'm too young because I'm not sure what any of that means, but that's all right. <laughs> Which that's is a little, super That's cute. a little bit hurtful. Yeah, but sorry, we'll, guys. We'll keep going. Yeah. Um, so, okay, yes. so you sell the house, yeah. you move into this apartment, and then yeah, you're like, the, okay, it's, it's my time. I'm going to build my thing. Yes. So... We'll get to the blogging and all of that stuff, but how mm-hmm. do you decide where you're going to go and how long you're going? Because you were gone a long time. Yeah, I was gone for 36 days. Um, I I covered 10 different states in the West and visited nine different national parks. Wow. Um, so I've always wanted to visit national parks. Um, prior to this trip, I had only been to San Diego and Vegas, so I knew there was a lot more to explore out there. <laughs> There's a lot. I yes. know. There's yeah, a lot more. More than those things. And it's like going I, to Epcot well, Center. I've, I've seen the entire seen world. Mickey yes. Mouse and a Vegas showgirl. So I'm good. I've seen the West. That's what it is, right? That was not satisfying enough for me. So I have a science major and I'm a I'm just a big science nerd and I've always wanted to go out and see firsthand you know the evidence of the movement of the earth and um, the geology and the wildlife. So um I wanted to stay in the United States also because um I, I'm not quite confident yet to go overseas uh, no by one, myself. I don't, I don't yeah. blame you, right? Like, <laughs> so I wanted to start small. I wanted to start in the United States and do something in the United States that I've always wanted to do. So that's kind of how that came to be. Did you drive um, or fly? I don't remember. I caught a flight from Grand Rapids to Sacramento, California, and rented a car from there. So I drove thousands of miles um, all throughout the West. Um, so, yeah, I just I knew that... Once the dust settled and we were in our new apartment, Jay had his thing going on, and I was I was just kind of stuck in a rut. I um, I wasn't very happy, even though we just sold our our belongings and made this big life switch. Um, I knew I was not going to be fully satisfied until I got out and traveled more. So, um, but also, kind of beyond the traveling, that. Um, when I decided I was going to make my journey this summer, um, there, there was just some personal things going on. I was just going through some personal challenges, like just not being happy professionally. Sure. Um, didn't really know where I was spiritually, um, emotionally had some things to work through. And so I knew that I needed this. And I wanted it. So when there's a need and a want, it's a pretty strong argument to make something happen. Um, So, and then um, before my trip, back in January of this year, I decided to create an identity for myself um, called Don't Delay. Um, Delay spelled D-E-L-E-Y because our last name is spelled L-E-Y. Super clever. Yeah, thank well, you. Well, <laughs> the one I gave you was taken I, by Anthony Bourdain. So I <laughs> right. no, curse him. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I went home and the told layover. Like, I know. <laughs> and then we went home and watched the show and we were like cursing him the whole time. Damn you, yeah. Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> but I knew that I wanted to have some kind of avenue to share my adventures, but also importantly, my learnings. Um, because I wanted this to be kind of a soul-searching journey as well as a travel adventure. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like a thirty-day vacation. No, no, it was. It was all very intentional. Um, so I, I am, I'm, I'm a different person today than I was before I left, and that was the goal. And so, so yeah. why? Why are yeah, you a different person? Yeah. Um, 
Oh my goodness, where did I begin? <laughs> well, let, I mean, let's let's, yeah. let's start spiritually, right? right you right, you right. travel to yep. thirty points in the West, yeah. um, you know, out West specifically. I'm not a science major, but I love yeah. science as much as you. Like, there yeah. are meteor craters that give life, you know, like yeah. indications that there might be life beyond this planet, right? Like, right. Th- there's a super volcano that can murder us at any point. Yeah, there's, yes. You know, there's <laughs> a colony of bears that's having yeah. lots and lots of sex, so there's more right. grizzly bears yes. than there's ever been in Wyoming ever, right? Like, there's lots of stuff happening out there that makes you go... The world's a mysteriously wonderful place, yes. and if we could just not fuck it up for ten thousand more right. years, it'd be a great thing. So, absolutely, like that spiritually, spiritual journey. What, what yeah. Was, yeah, and let's mm. let's take a one half step back. Like, sure, are you are, are you looking to commune with nature? Are you looking mm-hmm. for existence of God? I, sure. I don't really get super sure. deep, no, but like, no. this is what sort of what I do. Absolutely, right? um, so no, like, let's go there. You yeah. know, like what it, what is it that you're searching for? Sure. Or are you just looking to go? Hey, am I doing the right thing I'm supposed to be doing? Because yeah. we only get one shot at this, and I'd, right, I'd like to be on the right road, right? Right, right. So I I was raised Catholic. I've believed in God my whole life. Um, Those things are not mutually exclusive for everyone right. listening. Right, no, you no, can... yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily connected, right? But um, I have I have not had a great connection with God in the last few years. Um and so I didn't know it until after I returned from the trip, but I think that's what I've needed the, all along. Um, that unhappiness, that, that lack of joy that I was feeling before the trip. Um, I've really come to the conclusion that I, I need that relationship with God to fill my heart with joy. And um, so it really, going on this trip was a mission to, um, I guess, to to find connected with connectedness with him so that I could start to feel more fulfilled myself and love myself more and be more confident in me. Um, and I found that, and there was a lot of signs along the trip where I just, I just felt like God was there with me. Like he just, he gave me some beautiful gifts along the way. For example, um, my first stop was Yosemite National Park, and I was only there for two days. And on the um, the morning of the day that I was leaving, I just decided to take one last hike by myself. It was early morning, and um, there was nobody around. Um, the sun was coming up, and um, as I was walking, there were there was a mother deer and her two babies just kind of walking alongside me. And I just decided to stop and just observe, and they just... I mean, I was right up next to them and they just were so peaceful and I've never had an experience like that in my life. And I just really felt at that moment like, all right, God's going to be with me on this trip and this is a gift from him. Um, so I just, I really left my heart open the rest of the trip and I feel, I feel that connectedness now and it's, it's stronger than maybe it's ever been. And, and I want to attribute my personal growth on the journey to him really. Um, so I, I feel joy in my heart. I, I love myself more than I did before the trip. I, like I said, I'm more confident. I'm able to channel fear, um, better than I have in the past. So, um, like I said, I didn't know it before the trip. I was just kind of, a little miserable, to be honest. Um, 
so I didn't know before the trip that really that's kind of what I have needed all along. Um, and so we've, um, we've kind of been on, Jane and I have kind of been on this cool little journey recently together with, with faith. And um, so we're going to keep moving forward and um, just knowing that, that God loves us. And I think that's what I needed. I just needed to know that um, I am perfect in his eyes, and that's really all I needed to know the whole time. So... <laughs> and so, it's a lot to say. Yeah, yeah. no, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. It, it is a lot to say, but yeah. But I think, again, one of the the things that fascinates me about the two of you is is this juxtaposition of things that you're doing, right? And mm-hmm. and when you kind of look at them from a ten thousand foot view, which is impossible for the two of you to do, you start to see mm-hmm. patterns that emerge. Of like, I absolutely understand why you two are sitting here today because. Mm-hmm. I can view from afar and not be such so on top of the map sure. to be like, I can't see what state I'm in. I, I'm yeah. like, Oh, I see where they're going. Right. I see how the story ends. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But so you're, you're traveling yeah. around the West. Like, yeah. you know, what did you, what did you see? What were the people like? What, you know, yeah. where else, outside of the national forests and sure, national parks, sure. like, where did, where did you end up? What was your favorite city? Yeah. And, and, and then you talked about your learnings and we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Like what, what, what did that look like, not only in your brain, but then when you started to transcribe it for everybody else to consume, what did that sure, look like? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, I, first of all, everybody, I think, thought I was a little crazy for taking a solo journey. Um, but Which it, usually it, means you're on the right path. Yeah, which usually means you're right, which yep. means you're on the right path. And um, so... I, but you know what? It's very interesting. I was not nervous or afraid beforehand. And um, throughout my journey, nothing really ever happened that led me to believe I was unsafe or um, not being watched over. So um, in terms of the solo travel end of it, um, it went beautifully. Um, and I was never lonely. I, I purposely planned to stay with people. Um, and that was a mix of a few different types of accommodations. So, so I like stayed, Airbnb or like people you knew? Yep. So I stayed at a good handful of Airbnbs um, for the first time by myself. Jay and I had stayed at one prior together. But that was, you know, that was kind of taking a big step for me, walking into a stranger's home and sure. staying with them by myself. Um, I also stayed with, I stayed with one friend in Seattle. I stayed with a couple friends of friends who hooked me up. Um I also tried something called Couchsurfing, which is um, a website that um, connects people all over the world. So if you're a traveler looking for a place to stay, um, there's hosts on Couchsurfing who are willing to just open up their home to you for free just to be a kind person. And so I stayed with two Couchsurfers. Both were extremely welcoming. I felt just like I was at home. Um, and I will absolutely do it again. In fact, we just had a couch surfer reach out to us to stay with us here in Grand Rapids, and um, we're going to be doing that in September. So it's a it's a good karma kind of a thing. <laughs> um, so accommodations were perfect. Like I said, I never felt threatened. Um, that worked out beautifully. Um, so besides national parks, I also visited a few major cities. Um, that being San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Vegas, 
Um, at the Couldn't very, yourself, very, no, I mean, I had to, I, I'm a city girl at heart, but interestingly enough, after this trip, I think I'm more of a country girl than a city girl. Um, well, what's, there's, yeah. what's interesting about Vegas though, is if you stay away from the strip, it's probably one of the cooler cities out West, you know, sure. cause you've got red rocks right there and there's yeah. all sorts of really cool things to do. If you just avoid all of the right. flashy things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I noticed the busyness of the cities just kind of got to me after a while, you know, having to drive myself and navigate all by myself through those major cities um, was a, a, a little bit stressful. Um, but when I was out in the mountains or, you know, sitting on a beach along the Pacific, that's where I kind of found my ultimate peace. Um, so my favorite, um, this is a tough question. My favorite city um, you know, in every state in the West, it's every environment is so unique. So I would say probably in every state I could find a favorite place. But surprisingly, a state that I kind of fell in love with unexpectedly is Utah. <laughs> um, the geology there is like no other. Um, every few miles of driving, you're seeing some different rock structure, completely different than what you did a few miles prior, different shapes, colors, sizes. Um, I was driving along a highway and I saw, um, a a petrified, um, coral reef from millions of years ago, just rising high into the sky. And it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around all that. Um, the desert was hot and it was it was difficult um, being out there, but the sights were absolutely worth it. So I'd go back to the desert in a heartbeat. Um, I just I'm a person I'm a visual person. So you know after seeing mountains a few times, you're like, all right, cool. There's mountains, but Utah was the state where my eyes were pleased because I saw so many different sights. Um, so. Yeah. So otherwise, um, other states I went to, I started in California, drove up to Oregon, then up to Washington, then east through Idaho over to Montana, then down to Wyoming, further south to Utah, then Arizona and Nevada. Um, And then I flew to um, Denver, where Jay actually joined me. Um, He joined me at the very end of my trip. Uh, One of our favorite bands... Um, was performing at Red Rocks Amphitheater, uh, a bucket list venue for us. And I found that out just after I had planned my trip. And so I decided um, to buy him a a round trip ticket out there to meet me at the end of of the journey. And it was the perfect reunion. So who'd you guys see? Yeah, Um, Dirty Heads. Yeah, Um, kind of rock, reggae, rap. They're just a really good, yeah. They're a good party good, band, good time band. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would, I, was, I would have totally answered that question based on which state had the best breweries. Because <laughs> yes, because you're in a different, you're in a different bucket at this point. I'm like, like awesome, yeah. a mountain and a rocks, cool. Right. I know. How far to the next beer? Stop. Well, and I. That's interesting. You say that because, you know, I asked him to join me on this journey. Um, for however much he wanted um but he said you know what national parks just really aren't my thing and i have some work to do here at home 
and I know that you need and want this journey, so go ahead. Yeah. And he's I been wanted my, her to yeah, do it sure. by herself. Yeah, he's been my number one supporter through this whole thing. So, but I will say, like when she got back, we spent we spent a night at home, uh, going through her photos. And her trip was was pretty amazing. Like it just it blew my mind. And of course, like I'm looking at these photos, going, "Wow, I wish I was there to see it." But I'm glad I wasn't. Hmm. And so you, you yeah. accumulate all of this stuff, and you're you're still doing it today. Because I, I think I saw you put a post up again today. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, like what was and this will be my nerdy marketing side coming out. Like what was the content strategy, right? You were going to write blog posts and take photos. Yeah, and like, how are yeah. you going to build this brand? What was, what were you going to do? Right. Yeah. It was very interesting how it evolved. Um, so my goal was to write a blog post every day about my adventures, um, just to put it out there to the world in hopes to inspire. So, Um, and I'm going to be really specific because I I think if people are listening to Mm -hmm. this and want to maybe not even quit their job, but start doing something at 7 PM till 2 AM after that. Right. Right. Um, are you doing this as it's a meditation? Like I write every morning or is this when the day is done? Like kind of a wrap up to like, what are you, how are you doing that? It usually, well, while I was on the trip, it was either, Right when I awoke in the morning, um, had some coffee. Usually I found a little cute breakfast cafe to go to to do some writing about the previous day. Um, or I would or I would write at night. Um, and are you handwriting or are you taking a just laptop? Just typing. Yep, gotcha. typing on, on my computer. Um, and have you heard yeah. of the free write? Because that should be your new your next purchase. The free write, no. Yeah, so <laughs> um, this is a, um, a Kickstarter. I, I don't get kickbacks from these guys at all, but like I love this thing. So... Um, mm-hmm. It's an electronic typewriter that connects to Wi-Fi, but not the internet. So mm-hmm. all you can do is write, and oh, then it dumps it cool. directly to Google Docs or Dropbox or wherever you want. But you can that write cool. unen- unencumbered, and you can like yeah. you can take it to a coffee shop. It holds a million pages um, before you have to Whoa. get before you have to think about getting rid of it. Yeah, and. Um, if you don't have it connected to Wi-Fi, I think it's got a month's worth of battery, so you could have written everything and then uploaded it when you got home. It's mm. uh, the coolest piece of tech would, out that, there. That would have been helpful. Um, you know, the the social media aspect of this trip was it was a it was a bit of a battle at times because I wanted to share. Were you doing it in real time, or did you do it all when you got back? Um, Are we all I hashtag was, I latergram? Was, is that what? We're yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I did blog day. about. I, I I did blog about my my daily experiences sure. on the trip. I did have to finish up like three or four blog posts when I got home. Um, Instagram was, but you did some, a little stuff in advance yeah. of your trip, right? You started don't delay before you left, and you yeah. kind of created a runway for yourself. Yeah, I to created prepare. don't delay back in January, and I had written maybe. I don't know, five blog posts before my trip, kind of explaining to the world why I was doing what I was doing. Um, and then on the trip, I wrote about my daily experiences. Um, but yeah, Instagram, you know, I posted some photos there along the way, but you don't always have Wi-Fi. And honestly, sometimes I just didn't want to. Yeah. And that's where that, that battle came in a little bit is, you know, in the early mornings or the late later parts of the day where I was um, writing my posts, I was thinking, oh, I kind of rather be doing this right now. Like, I want to go see this thing or this thing, but I, I want to do this in real time to make this experience more 
um, maybe real or meaningful for the people out there. So it was, it was kind of a struggle. Um, but it always felt good. I mean, I always enjoyed sitting down to write about my travels, but what's interesting is it, um, my entries turned just kind of more into like a travel diary. It, it was almost just like, Oh, this is what I did first. And then I did this next. And, you know, it was, it was almost more kind of a list than a really deep reflection piece. Sure. And a little of that was just because it was new to you. Yeah, it was new, but Everything. also I didn't want to take the time to reflect while I was on the journey. Yeah. yeah. Cause I wanted to see and do. Um, so now that's now the reflections are starting now. Um, today I just posted my first kind of reflective piece. Um, and that felt really good. And, and I continue to do much more of that. I have, I have a list of all the the future posts that I want to create about this journey. Um, She's got content for days. Oh yeah, and yep. the goal of this is to be, like you said earlier, your own boss and kind of this thing pays for itself. Yes, right? yeah, okay. I mean it, that's that's the hope. In my perfect world, I would I would write, even take pictures, and somehow get paid for it. <laughs> so sure. trying to build you know, build a portfolio right now and, and we'll see what happens next. This is all very new to me. And I, I never expected myself to be in this kind of an adventure. So I'm, I'm learning and I'm trying to be patient, but also persistent because I want this to happen. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm motivated though. I'm, I'm ready to go. I mean, this trip really did change my life and I want, um, I want to share that with people and I don't want to necessarily encourage traveling because that's not for everybody but what I really want to but it should be yeah I mean I I mean like so like let's you know well and I I don't yeah I don't want to spend more than 90 seconds talking about this but in light of where we are right now on a Tuesday evening right where we have a lot of questions about the direction that we're going as a culture um seeing other cultures i feel is a really cathartic thing that everyone should write like you should go see some other shit yes (laughs) it's needed for perspective and again like i don't want i don't yeah i know know, that's not what we're doing today (laughs) but like i I, I do want to say like Mm -hmm. i disagree with you vehemently like everybody should travel everybody should see some stuff and everybody should i second that you know should come face to face with something that they either don't understand or don't agree with and try mm-hmm. and work through that right. that struggle whatever that is because there I'm sure there were clearly moments in this trip where you were like I've been away for 36 like I want to get on a plane and go home right um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you, you can say right, that now right, but you're right. but, but you're not being truthful right yeah. there are moments where like being by yourself is it's a lot yeah um, it is sure and, and not to mention the fact that you're going through all of this stuff mm-hmm. um that's also a lot. It's not like you went on a 36 yeah. day vacation to Aruba, mm-hmm. right? right? Like you, you had a job to oh, do. Yes. Um, yes. And like lots of jobs, there are moments that you're super high and moments yeah. that you're like, yeah, I mean, this is fun. However, Absolutely. however, yes. I miss my air conditioning, <laughs> right? Or whatever. Right, right. Right. Yeah. There was quite a few emotional moments throughout this trip. Um, but yeah. And the reason I say, um, that people don't necessarily have to connect with travel to follow along with my journey is because I, I want, I want to have a broad audience sure. for what I'm doing. Um, and what I've found from this trip, what I've gained, I guess is, and I said just a little bit ago, but, but joy, 
Um, and that's what this first blog post was about. Um, joy is a very internal um, contentment and peace and loving yourself and finding a relationship with God. Um, and I want to share that aspect with the world and to help them find their joy because it's not an easy thing to find. Um, and it is very different from happiness. Um, I did some research First, I researched kind of what happiness was all about because when I got back, I thought, wow, I'm feeling really good. I think this is happiness, but I'm not really sure what I'm feeling. So I did some research and joy started to pop up. Happiness is is very much based on external um, situations. So, you know, people, events, those things are what determine our happiness. And it's very temporary, you know. Sure. Um, so what I want to, to share with the world is, is how to find your joy. Um, through whatever so, yeah. your, pa- whatever yeah. your whatever thing your passion is, is, whatever your travel is. We're still talking a lot about travel, though, because it is. It's, it's a, well, that's the lens by which you saw right. this. Right, exactly. And then through that, you can extract those lessons, those stories of inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Through your travel. But those can be translated into whatever your audience is personally passionate about yeah so it's it's neat because i i wasn't really clear on a mission for don't delay before or during my trip but now that i've arrived home and i'm kind of doing this major reflecting on what does this all mean um i want my mission to be um you know to help others live an enhanced life by finding their joy so and so um is don't delay it. That's how people find you everywhere. Facebook. Yep. I'm on um, Facebook, Instagram, and then my website. Um, so that's where I'm at. Don't delay. Yep. D E L E Y everybody. Before I turn to him, yeah. uh, if you haven't read flow, F L O W, um, it's the psychology of kind of how you get in this state that you're talking about. Ooh, um, okay. you'll probably really dig it a lot. Okay. I read it when I got, I started to get super into jujitsu because that's kind yeah. of the state you want to be in this state of flow. Like I'm not, flow. I'm not trying to submit you. I'm just trying to sure. keep rolling. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll dig that. So check I love it, out. it. Thank you. Um, so you, sir, yeah. you know, 24 months ago or like. Yeah. You have you're a rudderless boat, not really sure what you're gonna do. Yeah. You just know that you're gonna do these things mm-hmm. and you guys are making these decisions not really publicly, right. selling your house, whatever. Um and then you go, Hey, I got a great idea. Seems easy enough to tar- start a TV show. <laughs> Let's do that thing. Yeah. And so you start this TV show and as if that's not insane enough, you essentially do one and then you're like, meh. And then everyone else is like, no, no, not meh. Here's an <laughs> Emmy and here's a – like, so yeah. So before we talk about better drinking culture, which I want to get to, like, what what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like uh. what, is the, what does that do to your brain? Because you – I mean, you, you and I talk – like, for people who don't know, you and I talk all of the time, yeah. right? So right. Regularly. you kind of left this thing <laughs> – like, I, this thing was cool. I did this thing with KBS. It was awesome. Yeah. Sayonara until somebody wants to fund it, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, I'll preface all this by saying um, throughout throughout this the entire process of of conceptualizing and, and filming and then experiencing modern Ahabs, um, I guess I was pretty modest about it, and I just I just like 
chalked it up as like just another thing I I did or that I wanted to do. And the whole time Catherine's like, you just did something really amazing, like from nothing. And it all came from you. Like, yeah. And so I want to pause real quick and set some context here because so what Jason did is he started a show called Modern Ahabs. And the idea was and jump in here whenever yeah, you want to. The sure. idea, the 30 second elevator pitch was it's a 30 minute TV show where we chase down beers that are next to impossible to get and right. talk you through a what the beer is what it tastes like how it came to be and maybe some tips on how to get it right yeah that's that's pretty spot on yeah okay. it's uh yeah modern ahabs is uh, so a craft beer enthusiast friends, friends who don't read books <laughs> check out herman melville's moby, moby dick, dick and then you'll yeah. know what we're talking about read books friends it's really important to how you succeed in life fast forward modern ahabs yeah modern ahabs so it's craft beer enthusiasts hunting their bucket list beers so imagine if you're not into beer guys like this is if you're looking for the ken griffey jr rookie card this is what we're talking about if you're looking for batman number one this is what we're talking about if you're looking for first edition cabbage patch right first edition (laughs) cabbage patch whatever i don't know um, that's a thing whatever happens on american pickers like that yeah that's what you're you're like in a yeah. much different vein because this isn't very like it isn't as hard to find as like right. some of the stuff that they find, but it's for collectors. These guys like, right. uh, and I know you didn't get to this point, but you've been down there. Like Dark Lord is one of these beers that happens in a brewery in Indiana yeah. where number one, for whatever reason, they seem to hate everyone that comes there. But um, <laughs> yeah. number two, they make a beer that's next to impossible to get yeah. your hands on. Yeah, in that, and that... they hate you for getting your hands on <laughs> yeah. it. That beer was actually. The inspiration and that beer was supposed to be the pilot episode. And uh, three Floyds, if you're listening, uh, I'm still coming for you. Um, okay, so but you you go down um, and and tell the story. Like you yeah. go down to get Dark Lord. Yeah. So and, and you take a GoPro and you guys do this thing. Oh, and, oh. yeah. yeah like, so, so walk me through that whole thing, and then then how do we get to modern Ahabs? So. I've, I think I'm a modest craft beer enthusiast. Um, I like what I like, and if it's the most popular beer in the world and I drink it and it doesn't float my boat, that's okay too. I'm all right with that. So um, I had gotten tickets to Dark Lord Day uh, in Munster, Indiana for the one day out of the year where the public has access to this Imperial Stout and at that time, I don't know, tickets were... So the, the whole process has changed over the last couple of years. But when I went, the first time I went, tickets are, I don't know, close to 100 bucks, um, And that's just to walk in the gate. And then... So crazy. Like, <laughs> then each person uh, who attends, and I think like upwards of 10,000 people attend this, this festival every year, uh, you can buy uh, the max of that particular year's allotment. Plus, you get a golden scratch-off ticket where if you scratch off yes, you have earned the opportunity to give them more money for a more limited variant of that beer. And this would be something like they add vanilla or yep. uh, jalapenos yeah. or whatever. This exactly. Is, uh, on a much smaller level and easier to get, this is what Goose Island does on Black Friday. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So so um, I bought two tickets. I invited my, my plus one. Uh, my buddy Matt, and so you know we're already out. I don't know, close to two hundred dollars for the ticket, and of course, you know the maximum allotment of beers. Then we have to get a hotel room, and then we have to obviously get to Indiana, 
and uh, it just so happened that that entire day, like it was cats and dogs. It was I don't know when is it? It's April, I think it was in April. Um, it was like sixty and sunny the day before. 70 and sunny the day after and the day of the fest it was like 30 degrees and it rained nonstop from sun up to sundown and fortunately like we had rain gear on but i mean we were soaked to the bone like we were freezing everybody's pissed off but i'm going down to indiana you know close to you know 500 dollars out of pocket to get a beer that i had never had and i was just going down there to get that beer based on its reputation alone so we go through that entire process. We actually get um, a scratch-off ticket. And, uh, yeah, so I have a GoPro, and I'm filming it. We scratch it off, and we we won. We got the chance to get, like, the most exclusive variant of this particular beer. And because we had already been drinking more than we should have, I'm telling you, within uh, a distance of 10 feet, yeah, Matt, I'm calling you out. Matt lost the ticket. <laughs> And we get up to the counter, and I'm like, dude, where's the ticket? Let's get the beer. He's like, I thought you had it. I'm like, no, dude, you had it. So I captured all this on camera, us being completely excited and then just nosediving, crash landing into the ground, and we burn, and we leave without that beer. But we did get our four or five bottles of Dark Lord. So on the way home, the next day, I'm just like, I'm just kind of like, unpacking that whole experience and i'm like there is something here because a normal person would not do what i just did for something they've never had just on the chance that they're going to fall in love with it unless they're going to flip it on the black market sure so so i sat on like that whole experience for a while and uh i just started like jotting down notes on like what that experience looked like and i can't i couldn't believe that that story hadn't been told so I like sketched out a rough outline of what I thought that experience would look like, either in book form, blog form, uh, or or a TV show. So I called my buddy Ben Wilkie, who uh, owned uh, who owns Deep in Films, and I, I pitched the idea to him. He was the first guy I pitched it to, besides running it by Catherine. Like, hey, what do you think about me turning this? experience into getting a beer like this into something and I didn't know what that something was so um, Ben was the only guy I knew um, and trusted uh, behind a camera and I, I pitched it to him and he's not he's not a beer aficionado so I'm like okay I just want him to like be honest with me on the premise alone and he's like He's like, man, this is this is a story worth telling. It has all of the elements of all of those other ridiculous shows on TV that somehow have gotten on the air, and <laughs> mine still isn't. Um, I'm not bitter at all, but um, so he's like, I tell you what, um, I think you've got something here. I'll if you can if you can pull the strings and put together a pilot, I'll film it, um, and I'll do it. I'll do it pro bono, close to pro bono, because I think this thing will sell. And when it picks up, handshake deal that you bring us and the crew along to film it. That was a no-brainer, right? Sure. Like I had a friend who who believed in this idea I had, and he went out on, on a limb for me. So um, I really tried going after Three Floyds because I wanted to do Dark Lore Day again. And, I mean, I, I called in a sick work one day. 
um, I grabbed the best beer from Grand Rapids I had in my cellar, and I drove to Three Floyds, posted up at the bar. I gifted the bartenders all this beer with uh, the hope that they would just, like, get me a meeting with Nick Floyd, one of the owners. No dice, right? This guy's like the Wizard of Oz. Um, but I, So hang on. So they just take all the beer and go thanks and run away? You like, know what? To their credit, there was like w- one bartender who was a pretty cool dude, and he brought me um, one of their beers. Like it was a large format sour beer, uh, pretty amazing beer, but as a thank you. So like I had one guy who acknowledged it, and then I had uh, – there was the tap room manager. She was kind of a sweetheart. She took my info. And so, like, I sent, like, a legit pitch to them, and, like, I had the, everything mapped out. I told them all they had to do was let me in the gate. They had, didn't have to do anything else. Just let me in. And nothing. No response. They, went, they were dark the whole time. And I'm like, all right, screw it. Um, I'm not going to stop. So the if I've now got a buddy who's going to go out and do this thing on the cheap, I'm I'm not going to take advantage of him. I'm going to try to make this thing happen as close to home as possible. So being in Grand Rapids, the biggest beer on the map um, that made sense for the premise of the show was KBS, Kentucky Breakfast Stout from Founders. Um, So funny enough, through the last, I don't know, six to eight months of my life trying to pivot careers into the craft beer world, I had started developing a lot of relationships so um i was really re- I, I mean i owe the entire episode aside to like owing it to to ben uh in deep in films uh my boy mike style from founders he's their education program director yeah uh, he's the one who came up with the name modern ahabs within 30 seconds of me pitching it to him and just like ben went out on a limb for me Mike went out on a limb and vouched for me to, uh, to the owners of Founders, Mike and Dave. He got me a meeting with the marketing team. I pitched them on it, and they gave me the green light to film the pilot uh, around the release of KBS during KBS week in March of 2016. And from the time I was able to get the green light to when <laughs> KBS was released, I think I had three weeks to write the script and then plan the production schedule for I think I think four venues around town, not including two separate events at Founders. So for three weeks. So during this time, like um, I left my my corporate nine to five job to pursue this idea, um, and I was unemployed for four months when I filmed it, and. That's why I had no bones about Catherine wanting to go explore out west, um, explore who she was as a person. Because for four months, like she held me above water, so I could go do this passion project. And for three weeks, um, I mean, she made she made sure everything was dialed in at home. So all I had to do was crank this show out. So I wrote a script. We were also actually trying to sell our home <laughs> oh, <laughs> at yeah. that point like so oh, there was that do you remember yeah, i so mean like it's I yeah now it's home. we were trying to sell our home and our possessions and so yeah and she's like so <laughs> you know you've got she, i mean she was really great but she's like so when are you going to start packing i'm like throw that shit in a box i got a tv show to make right like, <laughs> right so she was she was so fantastic so supportive and i like i wouldn't have been able to pull it off without her so 
Um, so we film the show in one week um, and then spend the next couple months editing it. We premiere, So we filmed it in March 2016, premiered it at the Wealthy Street Theater in GR um, in July. And then, you know, now we're in... We're in August, you know, a year after, and we've won um, two Eclipse Awards, three Telly Awards, um, and didn't win, unfortunately, but... Uh, but you got nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, and this, you know, I, I just want to say that again, because, you know, one of the things that you two are doing, which is a, a lot of what people just don't end up doing, is you're starting stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, a year ago... You had nothing yeah. that was Emmy-worthy. Yeah. And today, a show that only aired on the internet was nominated for a TV Emmy. Yeah. Like, it never it yeah. never made it to a TV. It, yeah. it didn't show at 2 a.m. on Fox <laughs> 17. Like, it didn't even end up on television. Yeah. And you were nominated yeah. for an Emmy, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, so, you know, right now, like, still, like, while I work, you know, this this job that is way more amazing than a job, you know, I'm still blessed with with the opportunity to still like hustle modern Ahab. So there are a couple there are a couple studios um, who have the show in front of them in L.A. And so now I'm at the point where um, you know either I've got to self fund another episode, um, which I which I could do. It would be a little bit of a struggle to pull off, um, or um, put a spin on it, which I'm I'm kind of working on, and I can't really talk yeah, too yeah, much yeah, about yeah, it. Right. Um, but I've got it. I don't want to go through that whole awkward. I need to sign an NDA conversation <laughs> that we had the last time. So like yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, yeah, like, that sucked. Asking my friends and family to sign this thing. Oh, I felt so weird. Um, um, so I've got an idea on how to spin it with the help of a couple people, um, so that we can deliver it, um, but from a different entry point. Um, so all that aside, like I, I, I fully believe that the show's got legs. I think there's a future to it. It's just now balancing it with this career that that fell from above. That is not a job to me. It is. I mean, it's it's now in my bones so deep that that I don't want to abandon where I'm at right now to go travel the world right now because like I, so tell I'm all people, in. Tell people what you're doing. So um, if titles are weird but I'm the CEO of Better Drinking Culture. Uh, we are a social grassroots movement uh, started by a group of friends with the goal of shifting our culture's relationship with alcohol in a healthier and more positive direction. And I mean we could talk for an entire n- <laughs> another podcast on that, but but well, simply, don't wait two years. Come yeah. back whenever you want to. I appreciate it. I will. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait two years again. This is fun. Um, <laughs> we want we want to educate and empower people to drink better and live healthier because hangovers suck, and that's it. So, Cam Cam Breeden, who founded BDC in 2015 has his own personal BDC story. And through his story, um, he knew that he was not going to be the guy to lead BDC. Uh, And he had to find someone who knew the industry, who's worked in the industry, and, um, you know, 
and and, and he was nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, he actually <laughs> looking he, for he, someone he, who yeah. understands craft beer <laughs> and has been nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, you know, it's a very I, specific person we're looking for. He, uh, yeah, he hired me before that, so I should totally renegotiate my terms because my stock, my stock now should You're be Emmy the nominated. Room. Like, yeah. if that's not the first thing on your LinkedIn, you should change that tonight. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't think it. Yeah, I need to do. You're that. insane. Yes, Go change yeah. that. Like, I would, I would. That was how I would introduce myself at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Emmy nominated Jason Lay. I would like a, a burger. It's class. like what? It, what do they say about like people from New York? Like, how do you know someone's from New York? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> they'll let you know. Yeah. So, um, so he knew that because of his BDC story that he he needed and wanted to find someone else to lead this movement to grow it um like i said someone who's been in the industry um and also someone uh kind of in a bittersweet uh pseudo requirement has had a relationship with alcohol um and mine has been certainly challenged at times i've i've struggled with my relationship with alcohol totally comfortable talking about it um you know, when I came on board, he asked me, like, are you going to be cool with telling your BDC story? You know, sure. And that's yeah, just yeah. kind of how we frame, like, you know, those nights that, you know, maybe we would have rather not had. Um, so I've, I've certainly, um, it's not a one-upper on anyone else who's ever struggled with alcohol. But, you know, for me, I've I've had my own personal walk to hell and back where, you know, I've peaked my toes over the edge and you know by the grace of god um haven't fallen over or been pushed off so to now be in the position to uh get to work and still be able to play in an industry and an environment that i really am passionate about um while at the same time like being uh being blessed with having the opportunity to hopefully contribute to our culture, um, experiencing a healthier, healthier relationship with alcohol and maybe save a few lives in the process is a pretty amazing thing. And, you know, I wake up every day. Um, and since I've been on board with BDC, like there's not been one day where I feel like I'm going into the office or, uh, I gotta go to work. I feel because, and, and I, I'll take credit for this. Like I hustled, like I busted my ass and I didn't go looking for BDC, but you're right. Like we said earlier, like I think all of those little steps I was taking, um, I didn't see it because I was so ingrained in it, but I was setting myself up for something like this, something so amazing to happen. So I don't, I don't have a job. I, I literally wake up and I'm so jazzed to have 24 hours of this rolling experience in life where I get to do what I love. I'm truly, truly to my core passionate about it. Um, you know, and I get to drink beer in the process. Um, so what do you like? I'm sure people are like, what, what do you do? What is this job? What what are you actually doing? (laughs) You just said a whole bunch of things and none of it sounds like you did anything. What do you actually do? It's all smoke and mirrors. Um, so story longer. Yeah, long story. <laughs> long story longer. Oh, she gets me with that every That's time. That, you really yeah. went on air and said that. <laughs> oh, damn. Chapter but you're one, the best I get. I get up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Chapter two. Yeah, that's, that's, I drive to Zealand. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, she's right. Um, <laughs> you know that no, about yourself. No, you totally, you've earned that for sure. There you go. Um, so BDC fires on a lot of different levels. So, But give me the elevator pitch. If people want to get involved and want to know what you guys are doing, like what is it that you're doing? We're empowering people to feel good about drinking better. So people only know drinking in two extremes. One, abstinence, and that usually either comes from a parent or a coalition or some sort of campaign that threatens people um, with some sort of punishment or discipline if they drink, if they ever touch booze, right? So they're either scared to death um, with abstinence or they leave home, enter college, and go straight to binge drinking. So we've identified a moderate drinker, someone who simply drinks within their own personal limits. And for us, that's better drinking. We're not telling anybody how much to drink, to drink, or to not drink. We're just saying, if you're going to do it, do it at a level that is right for you. So essentially, you're not waking up tomorrow regretting what you did yesterday. So for us how we move this movement forward because it was started by a group of friends sharing their drinking stories we just we want to connect a tribe of people who subscribe to this better drinking culture lifestyle by giving them a platform to drink better and know that that's that's a cool thing to do um so you can subscribe to the bdc movement by just joining us as a member we also uh, have developed a certification program for all alcohol establishments. We're starting small with the the craft beverage segment because it's in the DNA of craft brewers and distillers to believe in craft, uh, quality over quantity. So for them to come on board and advocate what we're doing and spread that message to their staff in the communities makes perfect sense. So we've rolled out that certification program. Next up, is developing a similar certification program for colleges and universities because that's really at the core where all of that unhealthy drinking starts. But the grand vision for for BDC is to connect all three of those dots in such a way where we establish a benchmark of where our current drinking culture is based on metrics that that we are grading and collecting and then scaling that as BDC grows, we can see where the drinking culture was, where it's growing, where it needs to improve, and um, who is doing what, where, the right way, so then we can model those best practices to the rest of the country. So over time, we can quantifiably show progress in our drinking culture. It's cra- like it's, it is, it's kind of like a like a wild, um, holy shit, good luck with that idea. Uh, well, I, uh, may- maybe, right? Yeah, like, I mean, we get that a yeah, lot. Like, everybody's yeah. like, oh, good luck. Yeah. Because we don't know how to, like, turn this train around. Like, it's, I mean, it's going full speed ahead at binge drinking. Well, but you, so, like, and you know this, right? Historically speaking, and... Maybe a lot of people who don't study history don't quite understand this, but, like, the reason we drink coffee at night, or in the morning, I should say, is, like, at one point in history, we drank beer in the morning. 
right? And somebody went, well, that's a, you're making a car. You probably shouldn't do that. We need right. an, another thing yeah. to give you to keep you going. And so this became that thing that you have at the end of the day mm-hmm. to deal with the shit that you were dealing right. with all day long, right? right. And then when right. it becomes a coping mechanism, right. it becomes ingrained in the culture. Yeah. Right? We have happy hours. But, you know, yeah. There's that. My parents are of that generation where, like, five o'clock is cocktail, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So three martini lunches or yes. whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. madmen do. Yes, what most of them are dead. So, so yeah. <laughs> so, um, and and then not to bury the lead, but like yeah. you also invented a Highlander mug, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, uh, with the Universal Mug Club. No, no, it's the what? Highlander mug. One mug to rule them all. Is that what is that? Is that Game of Thrones? No, it's, it's the that? Highlander. <laughs> Dude, I don't actually know. the Highlander. <laughs> Oh no, that's uh, what is it? Lord of the Rings, <laughs> dude. I am. <laughs> you don't know. It's, first of all, you've seen three movies in twenty years, oh. so you don't get to do that. I've but never like, seen God, an episode of Game of Thrones. But like, that's all right. But like, you've created this mug that like I can drink everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So uh, across the planet, anywhere that I go. So yeah, this. I mean, yes, this is. Um, I don't think it's been done anywhere in this capacity. There is a zero percent chance this has been done. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm serious because mm-hmm. not yeah, too it's dis- turning heads. Not not too dissimilar from trying to get five cell phone companies to play nice. Like you're trying to get breweries to play nice, which yeah. is not the easiest thing mm. in the world. No, not the, um, right. Like it, it's um, it's only challenging because it's different and because it's new. Um, thank God. Um, during the last two years of my life, um, in my fanaticism over beer, I've spent a lot of days and a lot of nights um, getting to know brewery owners, uh, getting to know the bartenders, the movers and shakers in the scene. So I'd like to think that I've I've created some sort of um, presence and reputation that can be trusted in the industry. Like, I, I know it. I respect it. Um, and now I'm in the position to connect it and make it like more amazing. So the Universal Mug Club is part of the certification program, and it also scratches the back of our tribe members. So the concept behind the Universal Mug Club is that we've we've developed a um, a mug, uh, a rocks glass, and a wine glass for all of our certified partners to host behind their bar just like they do their regular mug club glasses. So when you subscribe to BDC, um, pay into our membership program and download our app, you can flash your virtual BDC membership card to any of our certified partners and unlock access to our mug behind their brewery bar and drink their beer or their spirits or their wine out of our glass at perks and benefits similar to their native mug club program or their loyalty program um, perks. So it's a way to um, absolutely scratch the back of those certified partners who are trying to do the right thing in our drinking culture while creating a really unique enhanced experience for those who have pledged to drink better. So it's, it's this way to connect people, and by connecting these people and their experiences, that's how BDC, how Better Drinking, Better Drinking Culture is going to, to grow and spread nationally. And then once we conquer the U.S., then we conquer the world, and then, then I can skip, right. skip town and travel with Don't Delay. 
Nice. That's uh, what I plan. If people want to find you, it's betterdrinkingculture.org. Org. Betterdrinkingculture.org. Nice. Yes. So I will let you, Madir, have the final word. So, oh you know, as um, <laughs> no pressure, you, you know, as, as people are listening to this uh, and and, you know, we're heading into the fourth quarter, right, where a, a mm-hmm. lot of people have a lot of vacation time. A lot of people are waiting for December 31st. And I say that very specifically <laughs> mm-hmm. because your husband over here, that was what sort of started this whole thing was this non-committal New Year's resolution is what kind of kickstarted mm-hmm. this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So. What can people look for in themselves to get started on the thing that they're supposed to, their version of travel, right? What you're trying to do is inspire mm-hmm. people to find their travel. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Mm-hmm. How do they start? Damn, that's, sure. a, that's a great question. That is a really good question. Um, you know, and this is coming for me personally, and this might not apply to everybody, but I know on my journey, um, I had to first realize that that I deserve it. You know, it's sure. you have to you have to know that you're you're special and that you deserve anything that you truly desire in this life. So it kind of was first that first step was like realization that um that yeah, I'm awesome. I deserve a happy life and I should do whatever pleases me. Um otherwise it's kind of like what you talked about Eric, you just have to start you know, once you have an idea, you just, you have to go for it and it's going to be super hard, but you can't, um, you can't break and give up. I mean, you know, Jay is, I think I love this guy. He's my inspiration because he, he has started and he keeps going, um, through modern Ahab's better drinking culture. It's a challenge trying to, um, yeah, kind of battle those who might not quite believe in it. Um, Screw them. Yeah, screw them. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't apologize for it. You know, um, when I wanted to take my first solo trip and people were like, first question, are you sure you want to do that by yourself? It's like, yep, that's what I want to do. And I didn't I didn't take it to heart. Um, so I think that's another part of it is you just have to be confident in yourself and, and not care what others say about you because you're going to get that kickback from everybody, especially when you do something against the grain. Um, so start, um, know that you deserve it and, and don't apologize. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. You can find her at don't delay. You can find him at Jason lay on Instagram and Facebook and then online yeah. at betterdrinkingculture.org. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. Dude, Thanks, thank you. Eric. This is awesome, brother. <laughs>